0: Live to tape. This is Millennial Season Two, Episode One for January Thirteenth, Twenty Sixteen. I'm Andrew.
1: I'm Elisa.
2: I'm Laura.
0: And I'm Matt. Isn't this exciting? A new year, a new season.
2: We made it!
0: Yeah, we did it. We guys. did it, guys! Everybody <laughs> apparently survived the New Year. We'll get to that in a moment. But this is a um, since it is the start of a new season. We have new segments planned. We have new games planned. We have um, new hosts. Movie. New hosts introducing Matt and Lauren, Elisa, and me. Um, now we have a lot of cool stuff planned for everybody. We hope everybody had a nice New Year's. Um, I'm just going to start right off with a new segment we have. We're we're doing a new game in Season 2 called Guess Who's Drinking. One of the hosts have been selected to drink throughout the course of this episode. And you listeners all have to guess who it is. That person may stumble over their words. They may say regrettable things. (laughs) Like every episode. So I
2: was going to say, how is that
1: different than any other episode you
0: do? Well, it may be extra regrettable i don't know, but uh, so one of us is drinking. listeners listen carefully, and we will reveal who it is on the next episode. Uh, maybe everybody can talk in the in the group in the Facebook group or uh, on social media to figure out who was drinking so little little side game. so how was everybody's new year's Laura, what did you do over New year's?
2: <laughs> um, I had a really good time, so on actual New year's Eve, I was a total loser. And I played Settlers of Catan with my parents because I didn't want to go out. <laughs> um, so we had a really good time doing that. But after that, we went to Universal Studios. And oh, that was fun. a ton of fun. I finally got to see Diagon Alley on oh, the Universal cool. side, um, which I've been dying to see ever since they built it. And I also got to meet up with some millennial listeners. Oh, yeah. At the Street yeah. Yeah, so yeah How it did It was that go? so much fun.
0: You said that one of them was a conservative?
2: Yeah, actually, one of them identified as a Republican. I don't want to call this person out just in case they don't want to be called out. But, like, totally, like, we had a really good discussion. And it was just a lot of fun. Um, we didn't talk about the show all that much. We talked about other things. These people all have really cool lives. And quite frankly, they're they're a lot more interesting than we are. So I just enjoyed hearing them talk about what they're doing. You know, it was a lot of fun.
0: yeah. I, I'm I'm sure it sounded like everybody else
3: had better lives when you said you played Settlers of Catan. I <laughs> <Yeah, you know. laughs> What is that game like? It's exactly What is it? No, but no, but what it's, is it actually? Don't say it's amazing because I know it's not.
2: So he, here's the thing, Matthew. There are just too many rules to like outline right here. You'll fall asleep. So I'll what, I'll tell you later.
0: When you are you do, selling
3: this game to me. <laughs> um <laughs> I actually didn't do really much of anything. I don't do that many things on New Year's. I um I got bored and well oh, I didn't expect to be home. I, I I drove my my little sister and her 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 nep- my nephew, her son uh home and I got home really really early and I just decided just to watch some of the movies that I had uh I haven't watched yet. So I watched The Revenant. I watched uh The Big Short and I baked some cookies. Is it true Leo gets raped by a bear in The Revenant? Uh, in a sense, yeah. I've, what? I've, have you guys seen it? No. no. No, he doesn't, like, not, like, actually, Dr- but... Drudge Report. It gets, gets pretty messed up. It's a pretty gory film. Drudge Report, a major
0: online media outlet, reported that <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio gets, quote, raped by a bear, in the poor studio had to come out and say
3: no he doesn't get raped by a bear <laughs> no but like in a way like he got really fucked up uh <laughs> yeah. was just like
2: yeah. i just i guess i need to see this movie to find out how they could have misconstrued
3: oh they totally did it just to like get it oh yeah they I just think. did it in the sense like you would use it as a slang term for getting really fucked up
1: this is my uh,
2: that's this is- a little weird
1: my wish for us as a show is that we can somehow get a major movie studio to release a statement <laughs> saying, no, guys, no, that's not what happened. No, <laughs>
0: Bella Stove was not on.
1: No, exactly, no. He wasn't raped by a goat, all right? <laughs> calm down. I'll consider this show a success once that happens.
0: What was your New Year's like, Elisa? I
1: I became a mage. Um,
3: What's that? <laughs> uh, what?
1: what, what? <laughs> so... I got, uh, for Christmas, I got an Xbox One, and I got this fucking fantastic new game called Dragon Age Inquisition. Um, it's like the third in a series of games. I haven't played the first two, but it's fucking awesome. And I chose to play as a mage, which is basically like a wizard. Like, you have you have magical powers, all right? And so I spent my break just leveling the fuck up and taking out some demons.
3: It was Fantastic. <laughs> Wait, what is it called?
1: It's called Dragon Age
2: Inquisition.
3: The nerdiest. Oh, I for did a video not game expect ever. that. It's... No one expects the Dragon Inquisition. <laughs> <laughs> That's very nice. Listen,
1: idea. this shit is legit. I'm serious. Like the cutscenes are like straight from a movie. I mean, it's very Lord of the Rings. If you're, if you're a fan of like realistic fantasy like that, I would check it out.
0: My New Year's Eve was very regrettable um, i was I was in Vegas, which I knew, normally do for New Year's Eve because it's just fun and I decided that I would do a special thing on my Snapchat um, where I would add to my snap story every drink that I had that evening and that I'd be able to look back on it the next day and like it'd be fun because I I numbered the drinks and I added a timestamp so you could see my progression throughout the night and how fast I'm drinking and I think I subconsciously it subconsciously encouraged me to drink more than I normally would because I ended the night with 15 beers and a couple champagnes And I went to bed that night fine. I had gambled a little bit. I didn't make any regrettable gambling decisions. I totally felt fine. I was energized. I didn't want to throw up. I wake up the next morning and I am dead to the world. I cannot move. I cannot turn over without feeling sick to my stomach and ready to barf. I was just completely destroyed. (laughs) I was, I threw up four to five times. I was literally laying in bed till seven or eight o'clock that night because I couldn't stand up without wanting to vomit more it was just an absolute disaster and i couldn't even look at my snap story because i was so disgusted by myself <laughs> sounds See, like you I had a good night
2: about, i thought about following your snap story but i was way too busy like trading wheat and like bricks and stuff <laughs> so i was just i was i was having a lot more fun here in uh shay tea
0: <sighs> it sounds like you were having oh uh, yeah now i have i know i have no proof though. it was all for nothing but um <laughs> yeah other than that i i um I uh, didn't really do anything else. So, yeah, that was New Year's for all of us. So, with the new year, we have some new plans for a Millennial and our Patreon, right, Elisa?
1: Yeah, so we have a few exciting plans for our Patreon, and we've really revamped this. I'm pretty stoked about it. So, it kind of comes in two parts. Number one, we have new Patreon milestones. So, every time we reach a certain level of donations we will do one of these awesome things um we still have all the old milestones they're still in place our next one is movie commentary which you guys will help us choose which movie The uh, what i'm really excited about is host challenges where the listeners tell us they give us a challenge something really embarrassing to do and we have to record it and do it so okay. all these old ones are still in place uh, but we've added a few others, too. So, for example, one of our new milestones is that After Dark will become a full hour-long episode. Um, and I'm pretty excited for that one because I think we have the idea that After Dark is sort of going to become its its own thing. It's going to sort of organically grow into its its own show that's related to Millennial, but it's not just going to be – you know, millennial sh- main show leftovers. We're going to have its own individual, unique segments. So that's one of the new milestones. Another new one is the millennial tour is now also going to include a twelve-hour live show. Kill me now. Um, in addition, <laughs> Why? To in on a- Google Hangout. On Google Hangouts, right. So in addition to the East Coast stop and the West Coast stop, a 12-hour live show, that way everybody can join. We realize that some people might feel a little bit left out, and we wanted to just have an excuse to get really fucked up with you guys. So that's those are the new milestones. You can check them all out, uh, millennialshow.com. But we also have restructured the benefits that come with being a patron as well. So all $2 patrons will now receive access to one episode of Hashing It Out and one episode of After Dark every single month. So before, um, the primary benefit of donating $2 a month was that you got to be part of Surprise Bitch. Now you actually get access to one of the four uh, bonus contents, the After Dark and the Hashing It Out. I think that's pretty cool. Um, Also, $10 benefit. We are ready to announce that... Last year, the benefit was getting an exclusive millennial T-shirt. This year, the benefit is going to be posters. Um, we've decided. <laughs> we've decided. I. I. It sounds kind of lame when I say it like that. But we've decided. Yeah. We just,
3: <laughs> posters. You were so excited when you said it.
1: Oh, I am because we've talked about this a, a lot. And it's not just going to be like. You know, the logo is going to be a sort of quote cloud design with some of our best, funniest, uh, not so bright moments from the show. <laughs> some of the highlights from the show, good and bad. And it's going to be, um, yeah, it's going to be like a best of situation. And we're working with um, our lovely Joe Fidel now to to get that design. Laura's for everybody. lovely. Joe Laura's Fidel. boyfriend, right. Yeah. So. That's Those are the new benefits. And if you're interested in that, we've actually just made an installment of After Dark free for everyone. So uh, one, of our, one of our recent After Darks from right before the break, we've released that. Whether you're a patron or not, you can go check it out uh, without committing just to see if you know it's up your alley. So you can head over to patreon.com forward slash millennial and it will be right there accessible to everyone.
0: And one last thing on this, we, we came up with these new benefits and milestones based on the feedback we received for, through our Patreon survey. Overwhelmingly, we heard that the, the favorite benefit of people who support us is After Dark, so we wanted to give you guys more of that. So that's why we're going to work towards an hour-long After Dark and other cool benefits of After Dark as well. Um, we'll talk about those more in the future, but if you want to see them right now, and I'm seriously very excited about them, you can go to mm-hmm. MillennialShow.com. And click on New Year, New Goals. Okay, so moving on. It is a new year, and with every new year, there are new laws across the country. I always think it's kind of fun to review these. And no matter what state you live in, if you live in the U.S. or I guess around the world, they probably enact new laws in the new year as well. You should look them up because who knows what things have changed in, in over that over that uh, you know stroke of midnight. So let's begin in Texas. This is a mix of good and bad laws and I want to hear everybody's feedback on these um, this this one for us liberal millennials is a little scary uh, Texas is going has begun open carry for its eight hundred twenty six thousand licensed gun holders however, shop owners can bear can ban open carry from their stores so now if you're in Texas you will see people openly carrying their guns with you know one of those holsters in their pocket it's going to look at like the wild west out there they aren't the first state to do this arizona does it right now i live close to arizona and every time i'm over there it's always a little scary to see these signs in the window shops and say that say don't open carry in here <laughs> it's it's a, it's a it's a scary reminder that people are actually walking around with guns so um
2: yeah, I mean, we have, we have open carry laws here in Georgia as well. And um, after some of those were passed a couple of years ago, they had several incidents of a bunch of jackasses just walking around with their guns in public because they could. <sighs> like, not for any particular reason, just to show that they could do it. There was a little league baseball team in my county, actually, where the parents actually hid them in a dugout and like, formed like a human barricade around it because this asshole was walking around a park With a gun.
0: Oh, man. We
2: had some guy bring an AR-15 into the airport one time just because he could. It's like, (laughs) come on.
0: That, that, That shouldn't be allowed. Moving on. California and Oregon will become the first states that automatically register eligible voters when they obtain or renew their driver's licenses. So this is great. We always try to figure out ways to encourage people to vote, encourage people to register to vote, Here's a very simple way. We live in this techno- technologically advanced era. We should be able to do things like this. Now, if you're in California and Oregon, uh, you will be able to automatically register to vote when you update your driver's license.
3: So that's, that's cool. great. That's mm-hmm. great. Yeah. It should be done in every state, honestly. It should be one thing that we shouldn't have to worry about doing. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I think I think one problem, though, and it's not necessarily a problem with this kind of program, but um, a lot of states like Alabama was in the news a lot last year. You guys probably saw this where they were shutting down most of the DMVs in counties that were majority black. Mm. So making it damn near yeah. impossible for black communities to go and like get their identifications and their driver's
3: licenses. That's cool.
2: Yeah. So it's like if you tie like the state could theoretically tie something like that to getting your driver's license, but then say, oh, look, like. It doesn't work in these places, yeah, because they don't have DMVs there. So it's mm-hmm. it's there. There's another problem that needs to be addressed. I think,
0: yeah, in yeah. regards to
2: this, but we can talk about that later.
0: Mm-hmm. Next law: Hawaii is becoming the first state to raise its minimum age from 18 to 21 to buy or use cigarettes or e-cigarettes. I'm I'm really into this one because cigarettes cigarette usage has been fading. But I think it's important to raise the age to discourage people from having the temptation and making it harder for the younger kids to do it. And also, e-cigarettes are really popular right now. People love to vape. Um, people people love these e-cigarettes because they're easy, they're clean, they're easy to get away with indoors. And really, I mean, I know, I know we have some cigarette smokers and e-cigarette smokers who listen to this show. Uh, but... I think that this is a good step towards discouraging people from even starting. So props to mm. Hawaii for that.
2: Yeah, Elise is going to be in Hawaii in a couple of days, so I'm really excited that this is going to sort of like discourage her from smoking. Yeah. I'm exactly. going to
1: report I want to report about it from the front lines like Don Lemon. And I'm going to interview like random passerby in like super dramatic fashion. Okay. That's going to be my blog for January.
2: <laughs> There's obviously a smell of marijuana in the There's air. There's marijuana in the air here. When <laughs> not You're from one. kids. <laughs>
1: um... Well, in a win for everybody who's sick of that fucking Sarah McLaughlin commercial, animal cruelty is now a Class A felony, thank God. Um, <laughs> cases of animal cruelty fall into four categories neglect, intentional abuse and torture, organized abuse, such as dog fighting, and sexual abuse of animals. All four of those things are now Class A felonies. And this, that, which is incidentally the highest uh, level of felony that you can get. Um, This is now being run – or animal abuse cases are now being run by the FBI, and it's awesome because it means they can track animal abusers in their database. So once you're caught and um, your name, your social security number, all of that is going into a database, and you're going to get random checkups, motherfucker. So – I'm stoked for this. Oh my God, I'm so excited. I know. And this is, and of course, because it's the FBI, this is the whole country. This isn't one of those state by state piecemeal things. This is like, I don't care where you live, we're fucking coming for you. Good. Um, and of course, besides the morality argument, uh, the FBI justifies it by saying that psychological studies show that nearly 70% of violent criminals began. By abusing animals. And so it's a great way for them to sort of get ahead of the curve and make sure that they're getting violent criminals before they start murdering people.
0: Mm -hmm. And sidebar on this one, pet owners in Illinois could face up to a year in jail and $2,500 in fines if they leave animals outside in an extremely hot or cold
3: weather. Good. There's also another side note, too, is that recently Vegas, Las Vegas, uh, put a ban on uh, the sale of uh, pets from puppy mills. And and other That's breeders,
1: awesome. yeah, it's a great year, great year for that shit.
2: Um,
1: <laughs> also, over the break, so now it is illegal. You know those tiny little plastic beads that you find in like soaps and face washes and things like that. They're now uh-huh. they're now illegal. So on Monday, December twenty eighth, President Obama signed into law a ban on those tiny little plastic particles and personal hygiene products uh, under the microbead-free waters act of
3: 2015. (laughs) It sounds so so ridiculous. It
1: sounds vapid as fuck, but it's important. And it was passed by the House on December 7th. He signed into law, and so now it's illegal to manufacture those. Um, The reason being is because the tiny plastic beads have been shown to filter through our municipal water treatment systems. So we're... That we're not catching it. We're fucking drinking it. Uh it's showing up in our meat because our animals are eating it and it's not digesting in them either. Oh, like those little things, yeah, they're like they're indestructible.
0: Although so, if they're what I'm thinking, I kinda like them. Like when I wash my face, it feels like I'm really getting a good scrub.
3: Yeah, well, they're gonna then, yes, bye. Well then wouldn't well, what about those apricot scrubs? Isn't that biodegradable? Yeah, that's
1: different because those are sand. Oh, good. That's sand. So you can
3: use that. Yeah, just yeah. use that instead. Stop using that Neutrogena shit. All right. I'll keep sanding my face then. Good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and, and two more from Illinois. First of all, this is a good one concerning conversion therapy. A controversial measure that attempts to make gay youth straight will be banned for minors in Illinois. I think that's going to be a big issue coming up over the next couple of years. We've seen yeah. people move to get rid of that horseshit. And finally, pumpkin pie will become Illinois' official state pie. Wait, so, this is a law? Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a new law. So Why? next time you're in Illinois, whip out some pumpkin pie. Wait, each state has
3: its own pie.
1: Yes, um, yes. Their own pie, their own flower, their own bird.
3: Oh my god, their own face wash. What's what's California's the, the official? Oh, there, it does. I doesn't say. That's great. Well, that, that'll be the new law in
0: 2017. So, we have a new game here for Season 2. This is called Wait, But Why? And we have a fun intro for it. Are you ready for this? Mm-hmm. This, this, this is the start of what? new intros. I won't intro the intros after this one. Here we go. You guys ready? <laughs> this is going to sound like a professional program. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> It's called Wait But Why, if you couldn't make out what those people were crying about in the intro. Well, what is it? (laughs) Shouldn't the intro have explained that? No. (laughs) And I made it.
1: I think yeah, so. The idea behind Wait, but why? Is there are a lot of things that we do that everyone does as a society, as a culture, that once you think about it a little more deeply, makes just zero fucking sense. And I, we talk about this stuff a lot, but we never had a dedicated segment to point these sorts of things out and discuss them. So, for example, what's really the difference between? showing a man's nipple on tv which is totally cool but a woman's nipple is it just like the fact that there's a little bit of fat surrounded by it Mm -hmm. like what if the guy happens to just be you know overweight and has a little bit of fat there is that not cool now so there's weird little cultural nuances and Today, our first installment of Wait But Why is brought to you by circumcision, because moments after a newborn's first breath, nothing says, welcome to the human experience, quite like hacking apart their genitals. (laughs) If there's one thing historians know for certain about the origin of circumcision, it's that we don't know much for certain about the origin of circumcision. There are a lot of different theories about it, because there are many different accountings of ancient human history, but the first documented circumcision comes from ancient Egypt. The medical notes detail the process and give us some insight into its original intent and meaning. Perhaps the most important point to make here is that according to the ancient Egyptian medical texts, circumcision did not originally occur when the boy was an infant. In fact, the average age was 11 to 12. What we also know is that Egyptians performed it in ritual ceremonies wherein the boy was said to become a man. Now, Why ripping off part of the penis was thought to be important to becoming a man, no one quite knows. Many often theorize it was for hygienic purposes so that the newly ordained man didn't spread STDs as easily or have to worry about sand becoming pearls up in his gonads. But Robert Darby, a doctor and medical historian, published the preeminent paper on this topic in the New Zealand Medical Journal. And he says that while hygiene is the most cited hypothesis for circumcision, there is no historical or indeed medical basis for that theory. He wrote, quote, the only point of agreement among medical historians is that promoting good health had nothing to do with it. So while it began as a rite of passage for unfortunate 11 year olds in ancient Egypt, it's important to fast forward a little bit to the reign of Alexander the Great. By the time he was done conquering The African continent had had enough of his shit and developed a deep loathing for Greek people as a result. And before he became and before he came around, the practice of circumcision was still not common at all. But after he conquered the continent and pillaged every town along the way, the journals of local African and Middle Eastern religious leaders tell us that it suddenly became a super cool cultural fad to nip the tip because Africans and Middle Easterners wanted a surefire way to distinguish their men from Greek men. It was about ensuring that the Semitic peoples didn't intermarry with non-Semitic peoples, even if only by accident. So it spread rapidly as a means of kind of saying fuck you to Alexander the Great and making sure that their daughters weren't having none of that intermarriage business. And that is why Genesis 1711, the Old Testament text referencing circumcision, calls it a token of the covenant, symbolizing the covenant between Abraham and God, because that was, that was how it happened. The religious leaders who were making those journals infused it into religious text And it's hard to argue with God, so the rest, they say, is history. Going back to the theory really quickly that circumcision is done for hygienic or medical benefits, it's important to note that theory was not supported by any research or data and didn't even become a popular rationalization for the procedure until 1855. That year, English physician Jonathan Hutchison published the first-ever medical study on circumcision benefits and concluded that it does lower the rate of STD transmission. However, he came to this conclusion by studying the rate of STDs within the Jewish community in London versus the rate of STDs in Gentile communities in London – And his method has since been completely debunked because he failed to implement any controls whatsoever. So, for example, you could say, well, the reason that the Jewish community didn't experience as many STDs, not so much because of circumcision, but probably because they were far more religious and didn't have sex before marriage. Still, his findings became a permanent fixture of Western culture, even without any basis in actual science. So... That is the history of circumcision, and I want to talk, Hmm. what are your thoughts on this, Uh, particularly the boys? I mean, you're the ones with the dicks, so First, what do you guys think? You know a lot
0: about circumcisions for somebody who doesn't have a dick, so I applaud you for that. (laughs) I think you have a deep underlying... Hatred for circumcision, it sounds like to me.
1: I went in the field and did a lot of studying.
0: So. <laughs> yeah, <you> did. <laughs> Got up nice and close, peeled back the layers. On. A lot of field work. I think the reason that it's become the norm, here in America especially, is that this is just what culture has gotten used to. It seems weird to not have a cut dick at this point. <laughs> And uh, personally, I I don't, I am not, as a gay man, I am not attracted to the uncut dick. Um, and that's
3: fine. Okay. Uh, and there's nothing I,
2: wrong with that.
0: Yeah,
3: because I, I, I have, I, I think, I uh, see, I mean, I think the reason why most of the people in the U.S. are circumcised is a lot to do with um, the fact that many people still think that it is much more, uh, much more, much more cleaner uh, the, the, uh, and risk, lesser risk of infection, which is actually true, I guess. But um, I think a lot of men tend to uh, wish that they were not circumcised because it actually cuts off a lot of nerve endings. And um, I mean, I don't have any way of comparing it because once you, once you get cut, like, fuck, you're, you're – you're yeah. They, so
0: they say with with, but, with an
3: uncut dick. Apparently, you. I guess you would have a better orgasm because of all yeah, that extra it feels, force. Yeah, you, you definitely feel it more. I, I think that. I mean, what about you? What about you, girls? Do you prefer circumcised penis or not? Yeah. Have you Have you blown uncut dick?
2: Yes.
0: Okay. <laughs> it, do you do it? Do you do it? I'm genuinely curious. Do you do it differently? No. Oh. No. Don't you have? So, hmm.
2: What?
0: You don't have to do anything differently. Not,
2: not I mean, <laughs> I'm not super comfortable like getting into the nitty gritty details of this, but not mm-hmm. really. I mean, what you're talking about is the presence of an extra fold of skin, mm-hmm. basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and to me, like, at, like as a woman, it makes zero difference, honestly, to me. So, I like,
3: want to know why it's so it, circum, like circumcision is so big in the United States as opposed to anywhere else in the world.
2: I think that a lot of it has to do with fathers thinking they're because a lot of times the the decision is left up to the father, right? And the is um, yeah. like, "Well, he should look like me, right?" Like, yeah,
3: that's that, that's know? that's one of them. I was researching too, and that's actually one of the top reasons is that a lot of parents would prefer that their child not feel like they look different than their father. But then, son, I, like I'm I not want your dick to look like mine. I can't tell. I mean, I so I don't know if I'm weird. Like- I don't know if I had a different upbringing than you guys, but I never saw my parents naked at the same time as me. I'm like, I don't think that has
0: anything to do with it. I well, think then it's sort would... of just being your, uh, your, you want your son to carry on the traditions of your family. Uh, genital you, they want to well, pass I, down the cut dick.
2: I think, I think it's also a question <laughs> of like, why do we do so many things? Like, Why do our parents make all kinds of decisions for us that we don't understand? They make these decisions because Mm -hmm. they were the decisions that were made for them, and they worked out okay for them. Like, I have a feeling that a lot of men are like, my life has, you know, I don't feel like my life has been, you know, um, I don't feel like I've had anything taken away from me Mm -hmm. uh, as a result of being circumcised. So why don't I do this for my son? And I also think that, as Elisa said, that the myth about cleanliness and, um and 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 the the decreased rates of STD infections have really just lived on and on and on, even though they're not true. Like teach your kid how to wash his dick. Like I yeah. don't
3: just 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 pull back some of the skin and wash it. Yeah, and, yeah. but also it does it does say that uh, circumc- circumcision really lowers the the risk of UTIs, your urinary tract infections too.
1: Well, okay, so this brings me to the fact that recently, actually, the American Association of Pediatrics came out. They didn't recommend circumcision, but they did say that they thought that it was more hygienic because then you don't have to worry so much about getting up in them folds and yada, yada, yada. So, And that caused a lot of controversy. Here's, here's my thing. There are many things that we could do to our bodies that would be more hygienic. We could cut off our hands and not have to wash them either. I mean, the dirtiest part of our bodies is our hands. They're forever touching everything. Mm-hmm. But that's not in and of itself a good enough reason to do something. And the point of this segment is to be asking, but, but why? I think we know that it's a cultural phenomenon. I think we know that there's an aesthetic proclivity for circumcised dick, uh, at least in Western culture, at least in the United States there is. We know that. But then – if we know that, if we know that's the reason, and we also know that there's no real medical benefits that necessitate it, why do we still do it? That's the why. We, mm-hmm. That's the why there.
0: We need to, here's how we fix this we need to normalize uncut dicks. I, I
3: agree. propose
0: that the Millennial Album Art have a giant <laughs> uncut dick on its cover so we can normalize that. Mm hmm. And then our listeners will pass down... Millennial challenge. All listeners must not cut off the foreskin on their future babies. Well...
3: well what about you guys? I, like, would you, would you have your child circumcised?
2: No. No.
1: No. Yes. Because here's... here's- <laughs> Here's 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 the thing: is also when when we fuck with a woman's genitals, we call it mutilation, mm-hmm. and and of course, I understand that a lot of genital mutilation towards women is actually some of it is really fucking grotesque, and, and it's not remotely the same as circumcision. So I'm not talking about, for example, moving removing the clitoris or anything horrific like that, but for example. I do think a reasonable comparison is the labia or the clitoral hood. It's the exact same thing. I mean, men aren't the only ones who are born with extra folds. What about our labia? And plenty of women have really, really long, prominent labia, and everyone has a clitoral hood. Why don't we remove that?
2: I'm sorry, sorry. Laura, go ahead. I was going to say the disturbing thing is there that a lot of times when those those parts are removed – um, in cultures that practice female genital mutilation, cleanliness is what is cited. Exactly, right? Because I always. mean, yeah. If you if you don't have any labia, I guess it's easier to keep clean Wait, there's is nothing there. But,
1: but so imagine, is that
3: more cosmetic though, or does that also have to do with a lot, of, like with the same reason as circumcision? Though,
1: no, no, no. There, it, it, my my point is that imagine you have you have two children, you give birth to twins, one's a boy, one's a girl, and the doctor comes in and says. We're going to circumcise your boy and we're going to cut off the labia of the inner labia of of your girl. If your reaction to that is different depending on the gender, I would encourage you to ask why because it's just excess skin. It's not strictly necessary and removing it on both will help the hygiene. So ask yourself why. What's the real difference? And if you're uncomfortable with one,
2: I would might say you should be uncomfortable with the other.
0: but I would Laura
2: yeah sorry I would also say too like we don't mean this to be we don't mean this to say that there's something wrong with being circumcised there's absolutely nothing wrong with being circumcised yeah you're damn Um, right (laughs) because I mean there's not like really in, in terms of I think you and Matt have both spoken to this you guys don't really feel like it's negatively impacted you and so i don't no. want it to seem like we're t- i don't want to i don't want to make it seem like we're trying to tell you that you should feel like betrayed or whatever by your parents i don't mm. i don't think that's the case but no, i do no, think no, it's no, no. something you should possibly consider why you would do it before you're talking
1: it. about oh. as a cultural I, phenomenon I'm, and yeah, I'm not, i've only been with circumcised so yeah oh, i just yeah, I, have,
3: I just find it really <laughs> interesting that it's very prominent in the US but anywhere else it's not
0: yeah well it's become the norm and we need to normalize uncut dick so get get let's see more of it in porn let's see more of it in podcast album art
2: let's see there's nothing wrong with those either here's what you can do Andrew if
1: if you can just like boil a noodle and then like (laughs) wrap it around yourself And Snapchat that? No, no, no. That is not what it looks like. Make that (laughs) Instagram. Make that part Instagram, and then you will help normalize it.
0: Okay, (sighs) I'm trying to grow my Snapchat follower base, so I'll I'll do it on there. Great way of doing it on username Andrew Sims.
3: I know someone whose parents saved it. Well, that's wrong. Yeah, but he was also Jewish. Like it was like during a bris and everything. Like they actually have like a. Not like a party, but it's a ceremony, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Okay, so let's move on. Elisa, that was a great segment. I'm looking forward to doing more of those. Sometimes yeah. without body parts involved. <laughs>
3: yeah, but...
0: Like, my dick's just for show at this point. <laughs> Why do we have two balls? All right. It's time for a returning segment, Quickfire News. Quickfire
2: Quick fire. Quick fire News. Fire
0: news look at that that's another intro oh
2: man this is so so sexy i'm so excited all right so the way this new uh the way that quickfire news works for anybody who might be new to the show is we go through a few stories that have happened over the last week in this case over the holiday break and go through them in two minutes or less each so somebody have a timer
0: yeah i'm ready let's go
2: All right, our first story is one of domestic terrorism. Al-Qaeda's Oregon affiliate, Yal-Qaeda, also known as Vanilla ISIS, occupied a wildlife refuge in protest of the pending imprisonment of ranchers Dwight Hammond and his son Stephen Hammond, who were convicted on charges of arson in 2012 for unlawfully setting fire to federal land after setting bushfires to clear grazing land without the required permit. Mind you, this occupation has been going on for 10 days now. And the group, who are now calling themselves Citizens for Constitutional Freedom, say they're going to have an exit strategy ready by this Friday. How many days do you guys think this would have gone on if a group of black militia men took over a federal building?
0: Right, right. And how quick would Anderson Cooper have been there if it was taken (laughs) over by a minority?
2: We can, al- we can always tell how serious the story is, depending on how quickly Anderson arrives.
0: Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm.
2: Andrew has his Anderson meter, and he's just constantly watching where in the world Anderson is. Oh, you're
0: not kidding. I was so turned <laughs> on when he showed up in Paris that night. Oh, no, my God. But th- this Oregon takeover, it-, it was a total mess from the beginning. The, the guys forgot to bring food and, and-, <laughs> and other necessities. They <laughs> had to ask people to bring it on over. It's yeah. embarrassing. It's pathetic.
2: They asked people to mail them snacks using the U.S. Postal Service, which is part of that government that they hate so damn much. Um, and I also heard, my mother brought this up to me today, she was like, hey, did you know that somebody sent those uh, crazies in Oregon like a huge bag of dildos? Was that millennial? Did you guys do that? <laughs> I was like, not to my knowledge.
0: <laughs> maybe, maybe that's like John Oliver and we're going to hear about it whenever he comes
3: back from break.
2: Oh, man. Anything else to add on that before we move on?
3: I don't know. I thought it was really funny that Michelle Obama did, like, a little picture saying, like, I hope there are healthy snacks or something because she does the whole uh, – the whole Yeah, she uh, wants Muppets, people to eat better. You no, know, the Sesame Street thing for, like, promoting healthy foods and veggies. Mm-hmm. Did I she thought. do
2: that? I didn't see yeah, that. that was, was yeah, it was
3: really funny. I think she did it on Instagram or something. All right.
0: Time's up
2: all right so moving on some really sad news from monday king of glam rock david bowie passed away at age 69 after a secret 18 month battle with liver cancer um i've been a bowie fan since i was a kid but i feel like even those who weren't fans recognize the impact he's had on the music world we were all talking about this yesterday and y'all know that i was in mourning so i'll ask how did you take the news
0: yeah, it was really sad. I mean, like you said, we, we he was battling cancer and we didn't know about it. So this came out late at night and it was just, it, people were wondering at first, was it a hoax? But it was very real. And I've been mm-hmm. listening to his music again on on Spotify to reappreciate the artist. You always do that when somebody major dies. And you really, when you listen to his, his body of work, you remember just how much... How many fantastic songs he put together And yes. what a unique mm-hmm. performer he was And what's especially eerie Was that he just turned 69 this past Friday And on his birthday he released a new album His 25th album called Black Star And on it is a st- is a song called Lazarus In which he references his own death And we heard from the producer after he died And he said that Bowie knew that this was going to be his final album, so just an amazing career start to finish. Yeah. yeah
2: did you guys see the Lazarus video? <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah, I did it was it was so sad it was really yeah. but it was it was very much like, it was it's very David Bowie to do what he did
2: I agree and, I think...
3: like I did not like David Bowie as when I was younger, like even as a teenager I didn't really get it like my parents really loved David Bowie, but I didn't understand like why he, like he didn't have the great songs, like in a sense, like from like a third party perspective. Like I, as a kid, I did not think these were good songs. But when I grew up as an adult, I really started to listen to the lyrics and really appreciate what he was saying and what he did for the whole uh, glam rock genre. It's he was he's a very important artist, and he any any artist really that you that you are a fan of right now does uh, took a lot from David Bowie. Yeah. And, and I think you really have to respect the man for for what he did to to rock and roll, to music. He was very influential.
2: Yeah, I think it was his producer who said that just like everything else in his life, his death was a work of art as well. So mm-hmm. um, just as a fan, I just want to say, even though I'm not like a religious person, I just want to say Godspeed.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Because like his music, I don't know, like I grew up with it and it, it did have an effect on me. So Good. Um Good. very I, I bet,
3: very sad news. I bet he had an uncut dick. <laughs> oh my God. And he, he and I share He and I share the uh heterochromia gene where we both have different colored eyes. Oh. So well,
1: that's true. Mm-hmm. In other news, in international news now, uh, China is building the world's first mass animal cloning factory set to begin construction later this year. The factory will clone and slaughter cows, pigs, chickens, and other commonly consumed meats to help China feed their growing population uh, slash their growing population crisis. So, um, I, I don't I don't know. This this rubs me the wrong way, not for the cloning issue and eating cloned meat, frankly, but for what it means for the animals. Uh there's no way you can mass produce animals and treat them with any kind of uh treat them humanely. I mean they're gonna be in tiny ass little crates because they're they're seen as as just commodities and as just a means for us to be stuck like feeding ourselves. It's not mm-hmm. And this China, is it, guys.
3: This is it. China this is how has it starts.
1: Such fucking terrible history of human rights, let alone animal rights. I mean, this is just, I mean, those animals are just doomed from the beginning. It's going to be awful.
2: Well, and I think the thing is, even, even if you can't get on board with this from an animal rights perspective, we all know that cloned animals experience significantly shorter life expectancies than than regular animals. And they also encounter far more illness. So can cloned meat really be safe for consumption?
0: Yeah. No. I mean, yeah, it, that too. It's just a disgusting thought, and I don't think anybody, if they knew they were eating cloned
3: meat, would, would be okay with that. I mean, Let alone how poorly treated <clears> they'll <throat> be. I'm surprised that this was the route that they're going, because recently especially within the past 5 or 6 years i think it was in the netherlands or something where scientists were creating a synthetic meat that actually tastes cooks the same as real like animal meat and it and and, and so we don't have to kill or mass produce animals but we're going into now cloning of actual animals just for the sole purpose of of of, of us eating it just for yeah. This is how all those science, those science fiction stories start. Anyways,
1: yeah, this is this is the beginning of this the. Is, end. This is how sure. it starts. I'm, surprised. It's all yeah. over, I'm guys. not
3: surprised <laughs> it was in China. Time's up. Beep 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 beep.
1: Beginning of the end. Also in Kentucky, Kim Davis, the county clerk who refused to issue same-sex marriage licenses, has had a statewide victory. Actually, due to her efforts, clerks' names will no longer appear on the marriage licenses because Davis successfully argued that it could be construed as supporting the marriage itself. So Kentucky's governor issued an edict saying that clerks, county clerks must still issue same-sex licenses, but that the clerks themselves or anyone else involved do not have to have their names associated with any part of the process.
0: You know, I kind of agree with this because it's like, why does her name need to be on that license?
1: It doesn't need to be on the license, but a good way to get it off would just be to quit.
0: <laughs> no, but right, I mean, like, not just her name, but any name. Why does it I, need to be on the license?
3: At this point it seems like she's just splitting hairs. She wants to get some kind of of effort, um some kind of victory done. Like who cares? I
2: think much like circumcision. This is just cosmetic. <laughs> like you're still issuing the fucking license. Yeah, yeah,
1: which you know what, I'm fine with it because she won the battle, but we won the war. So yeah, that's true. Uh, Go all, fuck uh, all, yourself, Kim Davis. All I'm
3: seeing right now is Kim Davis, but with a foreskin penis instead of a face.
1: You mean all you're seeing is Kim Davis?
3: Yeah, uh, that too. <laughs> <laughs> right.
0: Anything else to say about that? Because then I got a killer transition.
2: No, no, you kill wow. that transition. Okay, great. <laughs> you well, kill it. Well,
0: maybe she did win the war because she's the one who's showing up at the State of the <sighs> Union tonight. Ah. And one of the things Obama will be touting or pushing for during his State of the Union Union address is gun control. Just last week, he announced some executive action orders to make s- some progress on gun control. You know, he's been in office for Almost eight years now, and he still really hasn't gotten anything done, despite all the horrible mass shootings that have happened amongst all the other smaller shootings. Um, So here's what he's done with executive action. First, he wants to keep guns out of the wrong hands through improved background checks. These background checks will now cover gun shows and internet gun purchases, um, two areas that haven't required background checks. For fun, recently I actually actually went to a gun website and made you know went through the ordering process to see what it was like. And you, you you pick your gun and you say where you are, and then it says, "Okay, this gun will be available to you at this gun shop." And then you pay. It's it's really eerie how easy it is to buy easy. a gun yeah. as if you're ordering some toilet paper on Amazon. <laughs> um, number two. He wants to make our community safer from gun violence. This part of the order won't change the laws, but it will urge law enforcement to enforce the existing laws and give federal agencies more resources to do so. So there's going to be more people um, out there uh, looking for people who aren't uh, legally allowed to have guns. Number three, he wants to increase mental health treatment and reporting to the background check system. He wants to do that by proposing a $500 million investment in improving access to mental health care. And then finally, he wants to get all iPhone on guns. He wants to shape the future of gun safety technology. He's been pressing this idea of having kind of like a Touch ID feature on guns. We have this feature on iPhones and Android devices where you put your thumb on it and it says, okay, yeah, that's you. You can use this phone. He wants to use that same type of technology for guns. And so he's been really pushing his gun agenda (laughs) on America. He released an op-ed in the New York Times where he vowed to not endorse candidates who, quote, do not support common sense gun reform like these things he was pushing in his executive orders. He also did a CNN town hall with my boyfriend Anderson Cooper. He sat there with Anderson in Virginia, and he spoke to people who are for and against these changes. It was, it was an hour long or an hour and a half. It was pretty interesting to watch. So do you guys think what he's doing is enough? Is this all he can do? His hands are kind of tied with Congress. Do you like what he's trying to do. I do.
2: Absolutely, and I think that a lot of people are kind of poo-pooing it because they're saying, "Well, this won't be enough from the outset." And I think he 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 kind of countered this point beautifully. He was like, "Listen, we have thirty thousand gun-related fatalities every year in this country. Most of them suicides. Mm-hmm. If we could even reduce that to twenty-eight thousand, those are two thousand families who aren't having to go through." what some of these other families like in Newtown mm-hmm. and San Bernardino have got, had to go through. So I really, I'm really uh, aggravated with this argument that, well, it won't fix the entire problem, so we shouldn't do it. No, we should be taking common sense steps to address the problem. And as we make progress, take another step.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think a lot of people are, are expecting whatever comes out in this issue to be an all-encompassing solution. Mm-hmm. And it's just nearly impossible, especially at this point in our country. We just don't have. We, we there are just not. Th- it's just nearly impossible to try to please everybody and try to solve every problem with one, with with one law or one 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 type of measure. It's just impossible. The,
0: in the town hall, I really liked it because it was very. It was kind of informal. It was. It kind of felt laid back. It, it felt personal. Um, Obama Obama's really hammering home these points that you guys are making, is that we have to do something. We can't just do nothing. This is crazy. We have to be able to say that we saved some lives by making some changes. We can't just sit here and do nothing. So I really liked that. Um, I also really like something in the town hall he kept hammering home, and he kept repeating things, but I guess that's kind of what you have to do when you're, when you're dealing with Trump's America now, where you're dealing with total idiots who don't understand anything, you have to repeat things. He was, he was saying that when toys are dangerous, we fix them so they're safer. When access to medicine is dangerous, we fix them so it's harder to access. When guns are dangerous, we should be doing that. We should be taking steps to fix those too. And I like that he was making those comparisons because really, as Trump has proven, we are living in a society where there are really stupid people. Yeah. And we just have to spell it out as simple as we can.
2: Yeah, I also really liked how when he was talking about making innovations to guns, he did bring out that there have been companies in the past who have tried to do this. But guess who has squashed their efforts? The NRA every fucking time. He also called them out, excuse me, for not being there. Yeah. at the town hall meeting even though they were right down the street
0: they're right down the street but they're not here where are they that sounded like bernie sanders i'm sorry yeah it did actually <laughs> <laughs> i can't do a black man all right so anything else to say on gun control nope Fuck yeah rock on elisa Why do not you share a new game with us here in season two
1: so this is called Millennial for America, and this is a spinoff of something that we did a little while ago on an edition of Devil's Advocate, where everybody had to make their point, but they had to do so as though they were running for office. So this is its own segment now, and everyone, every once in a while, we're going to do this. We figured this was really fitting because we're we're really in the thick of the elections, and it's only going to get better slash worse Leading up to November. So um, once in a while, I'm going to call on a couple of you to disseminate one of the news stories that we've been talking about on the episode as though you were running for office. So... You can approach it from a couple of different angles. You can either just explain the news story as though you were giving a stump speech, uh, or you can argue one side of the story as though you're trying to convince an audience at a presidential debate. It's up to you, but remember to put your spin hats on. Um I am choosing tonight. Well, number one, let's start with Laura. Oh boy.
3: <laughs>
1: I mean, I- I usually like to start with Laura. Yeah, you
2: do. I've got the most stamina, if you know what I mean.
1: And by the way, I think it's okay. I think it's okay if, you know, just like in a real presidential debate, you know, the rest of us want to interrupt because we're not getting our time. (laughs) 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 And challenge something she's saying. uh, That's okay in moderation. Um, But, all right, Laura, I think we're going to set a timer on this. Do we want to do two minutes or three
2: Let's do two. Yeah, let's just do two. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll do two for now. We'll take it easy on you. Thank All you. Right. Do I just All pick right. a story? Any story? Any story
1: you want. Okay. So I'll give you I'll give you a second, and I'm going to set a timer here.
2: Okay. All right. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. All right. Go. My fellow Americans, I would first just like to say how grateful I am to be here. Thank you, Millennial Show and the host for having me. It's... Always such a pleasure to be able to get the millennial perspective. And I'm really looking forward to trying to change your minds on this particular story because I know you have very strong feelings about it. So China is getting ready to open the world's largest animal cloning factory. It's set to begin operations in 2016. Um, I know that some of the points that folks have been bringing up are that, you know, animal cruelty could potentially be an issue. Well, animal cruelty will likely not (laughs) be an issue at this time. (laughs) (laughs) Because, because, hear me out, these are not animals. They're clones of animals. Oh my God. Can can you really be cruel to a, to a clone is my question for you. I don't think you can. Um... Do you have any response for that or may I continue? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
0: <laughs> you may continue Do You want to have it? a
2: response to that <laughs> So that That's my first point um, The second point is a lot of people Are really worried about um, The safety of eating Cloned meat and I would just Like to bring up that here in America we've been Eating fake meat for like How many years now? At least three or four decades and we're doing okay Right? 30 seconds And uh, I mean you know, we've got the pink slime and we've got the fake chicken at the McDonald's, and, and that's all okay. I think that's been working out pretty well for America. Um, third, I'd like to bring this up from an economic perspective. Look at how much of this meat we're going to be able to mass produce. Furthermore, by doing it in a factory setting, we can actually offset some of the really terrible carbon emissions that we've been having from basically raising animals on farms. Time, time, time. <laughs> <laughs> Oh you're welcome. I, you're
3: welcome,
1: I'm not even sure how to I, <laughs> this must be how everyone else on the stage feels whenever Donald Trump opens his, his mouth. <laughs> you are just sort of dumbfounded you're What like, were your
0: problems with that, Elisa?
1: what i not, well, I think what do you mean? Where do I start? I mean she did a good <laughs> she did a good job mimicking you know you know the the talking heads, but like okay. the arguments just made no sense. okay. Well, yeah, that's
0: how it works, right? How do you feel about that, Laura? She just called you
2: an idiot. I would just like to bring up that I have been eating vegetarian since August. So that was equally difficult for me.
1: I should also say, by the way, you don't have to argue. It's not devil's advocate from the aspect of you have to argue what you don't believe. You can say what you really think. It's just you need to say it. No, but that was more fun presidential fashion you have to mimic yeah i mean i guess Ooh. that's true that was a very ted cruz way of approaching it you just say whatever you think people want to hear and
2: yeah
1: run with it yeah. all right well laura's a Ted. i should Cruiser.
2: run i should run for president all right matt
1: <laughs> okay matt let's see which candidate you turn out to be laura's ted cruz let's hope that i don't know you're okay. not ted cruz are you ready for this do you have a story um. in mind
3: no, fuck it. Let's just yeah, let's go. <laughs> all right, ready? Let's do, it. do it
1: live. Fuck it. Go. Um. Oh.
3: Well, uh. Thank you, Elisa. Um. <laughs> for that question. Um. Okay. First of all, I want to say thank you to everybody who came in today. I uh. Let me just open my eyes a little bit so I can see my teleprompter. <laughs> all right. As a as a surgeon and pediatrician, I I have to say that I wanted to try to help educate the country in this this ongoing problem that we have and that's and that's circumcision in males now as a circum as an uncircumcised man myself i have to say it's it's, it's just great it really is um, there are a lot of stigmas about it uh, a lot of people say that there is an increased risk of certain stds and utis I have to say that this is actually false. If anything, it's only one—it's less than one percent of people actually get more UTIs. I will know that firsthand. Now, as a family man, I am very keen on trying to help my son and his best friends uh, try to make this kind of situation for them because they did not have the, situ- the same—the the same things that I had when I was growing up. They they don't look at each other naked the way that m- my friends and I looked at each other naked. And I think that's a real problem that we need to address our children with that. Uh, there is no difference in sexual sensation. I could tell you that. Um,
2: how can you, but but, Dr. Carson, how can you actually confirm that you, you've never had your dick cut. So
3: I have asked my best friends and, <laughs> and I personally, I, I can, I can vouch for them. And if you interrupt me again, I will stab you. <laughs> now, um, newborns are so much more adorable when they are uncircumcised because what? there's no blood. They don't look as dry. They look a little more – they just – they look adorable. Don't you think? Like when I see an uncircumcised penis, I think, well, that's my penis. That's mine. All
1: right, time. I'm, okay. I'm calling time on <laughs> well, look at that adorable infant penis. There's nothing
0: There's nothing right about that. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't too far off what you oh probably expect God. to hear.
1: Oh, man. I had to mute myself because I was like, <laughs> I know. <laughs> the accent is what did it. Yeah, I know. Oh my god. <gasps> All, right, All right. Well, that was fun well and scary. Yeah, that was fun. Andrew, I'm gonna spare you this time, but you're first up oh, next time. God.
0: Thank God. <laughs> All right. It is time now for surprise bitch. Of course this segment will be continuing in season two. I have selected a number. Surprise.
2: Surprise! Surprise,
0: surprise, surprise bitch. bitch. <laughs> Yo, Zach, surprise, bitch. I guess it's <laughs> millennial. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> Hi! Uh, hey, hey. Where, where are you in the in this wonderful America? I'm in Indiana. <laughs> oh, cool! Uh, awesome! So, um we're doing our season two premiere right now. D- d- mm-hmm. New year, new season. Do you have any New Year's resolutions or anything?
3: Um, not really. Just a bunch of stuff to do. I'm getting married this year and moving out on my own this year. Oh,
0: congratulations! Oh, wow. When's when's the wedding, and when are we getting our save-the-dates?
3: October, and we're sending them out soon. Be be, uh, waiting for them.
0: See, I call bullshit, because my sister's wedding is in October, and I already got that save-the-date, so I don't think you're actually going to invite us.
3: Uh Uh, She's working too hard.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um. So, this may be an awkward question. Wait, no, before
1: we ask you this question, can I ask you, where where are you right now? Are you at work? Are you at home? Are you in a nope, private I'm, space? I, I'm at my
0: house. <laughs> All right. Go for okay, it, Andrew. Good. Go, go ahead. Oh, no. You can ask.
1: Oh, okay. So, what are your thoughts on circumcision? Um, we talked about <laughs> this <laughs> earlier on in the episode You know, I just figured it'd be easier just, like, ripping off a Band-Aid. We talked about circumcision earlier (laughs) on in in the episode, rather, in a new segment. Um, Whether or Mm -hmm. not it was, like, a cultural thing, like, a medical thing, do you have any strong feelings one way or the other?
0: No, not really. Uh, (laughs) No.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Just no, just no.
0: No. See, we, we were deci- <laughs> yeah. we decided that it was dumb because it, it, it's kind of only a big thing here in the US and there's a whole big well, you'll hear the episode, but it was just there was just no good reason for it.
3: hmm
0: Yeah, I really I really don't understand the the meaning or reason to do it or not to do it. I just I was just a baby.
3: <laughs> That's true. He really had no say in the matter. Most of us don't. <laughs> you know? <laughs> How literally dare no words you, sir how <laughs> dare you would you be prone to uh since you know you're going through this new chapter in your life would you consider uh get, uh having your children circumcised or not
0: probably just cuz i was yep see? Yep. that's that's, yep. that's that's it,
1: it right there that's case point you know. thank you sir that's it well you our know what?
0: our season 2 album art will feature an uncut dick cuz we're hoping to normalize oh, cool. the uncut dick yeah so yeah up. I'll make sure to <laughs>
2: show everybody that yeah, recommend our podcast
1: if you can like yeah. frame that and put it in like the nursery, you know your first child sure. or something, that would be great. yeah thanks A nice
3: conversation piece
0: all right, Zach exactly. well uh thank you for your support and congrats on Ooh. the engagement and we'll look forward thanks. to seeing the dates in the mail. All right, all, all right. right, congratulations. All right. talk to you later. thanks bye, bye Zach. thank you. bye. bye. All right, that was Zach in Indiana.
1: He was way too cool for us. And by the yeah. way, Matt, I think that when you started asking him a question, like my butthole clenched because I thought oh you God. were going to, I thought you were going to ask him if he would circumcise his wife. <laughs> what? <laughs> Wait. Because, we what? Talk, because we've been talking about like the difference between males and females, and I thought that that's where you were going with it. <laughs> I was like, please don't ask him. Oh
3: my God. Don't ask him. No, that. I'm. No, I just can't believe you would think I would do that. Would. No, seriously, I, I didn't would know what you were going to ask.
2: When you were gearing up to ask the question, I texted Elisa went, no. No.
0: <laughs> 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 all right, let's, let's hear our fun sure. intro one more time to round out the show. Surprise, surprise, surprise. surprise, surprise bitch. Surprise, bitch. That's my favorite of the intros so far.
2: We're all professional yeah. and shit
0: okay well uh to wrap up the show here today we wanted to tease a couple of things that are coming up this season like we introed during this episode we have uh, a couple of new segments we're also gonna have the return of the political bitches because this is the year to bring that back right girls yeah i
2: sorry there's ever a time to do the it? political bitches
0: well yeah, tell that's,
1: us. that's the only thing so political bitches uh anyone who listened to our Older podcast, Smart Mouths will remember it. It's basically just an excuse for Laura and I to get on our high horse and rant. Um, (laughs) That's really what it is. But we try to make it funny and engaging. And the only thing I would say, we're excited to bring it back. I'm stoked for it. I have a few ideas already. But we need a different name. Political Bitches just – it just sounds so juvenile to me. And I I want something that's different and fresh for a new show. So if anyone has any ideas, cooler name – for that segment. Let us know. <laughs>
0: okay. And what else do we have coming up in the, in the year ahead?
1: So we're also going to start doing some news recommendations. I think this would be cool because there's very often something that we just want to we want to say, we want to put like, you know, a feather in the cap on the end of a news story and so we're going to start recommending things about the news at the end of the stories. So that should be fun. Uh, I'm also excited, and this was Matt's idea, about doing Ask Me Anything style interviews. So we want to do more interviews, but we really thought it would be a cool experiment to just bring on, you know, everyday people the same way that Reddit will have Ask Me Anything sessions. You know, it will say, I uh, am in amputee, or I survived Vietnam War, ask me anything. Uh, It can be serious, it can be fun, but instead of just trying to target interviews to celebrities and what have you, we thought it would be cool to just talk to you guys. So, we have a few ideas in mind, but um, yeah, I think think that's it. So, for example, I'm really interested in getting a conservative on the show
3: and Mm -hmm. having them
1: be like, you know, I'm a Republican, ask me anything. And and us to pick their brains, and because I think we we could we could have a lot of good-hearted fun with that.
0: Yeah, I, I meant to ask earlier at the top of the show when Laura said she one of the listeners was a Republican. I was, and I think I told you this in private. I was surprised that person didn't kill you, didn't well, murder you.
2: Well, I, why I'm, why would they murder me?
0: <laughs> because I don't you a, are not have a
2: problem with Republicans. Yeah, <laughs> we're not anti. We're, we're not even. Yes. I like how Andrew okay. burst out laughing. All no, right. I, have, yeah. I have a problem with Tea Party Republicans. Okay.
0: Uh, oh, okay. All right. That's fair. All right. So um, thank you, everybody, for joining us for season two of Millennial. Don't forget to email us at millennialshow at gmail.com. Check out our website, millennialshow.com, with all those new Patreon benefits and milestones that we mentioned, including a fully cataloged bonus content. At uh, making a murder, I'm sorry, millennialshow.com. <laughs> I what? <did>
2: it. It's <laughs> such a good show. It's so good.
0: We will, we will talk about that coming up in After Dark. We're also <laughs> going to be making some State of the Union predictions and uh, about how Bernie Sanders is really taking over for, uh, is coming up on Hillary. He's sneaking up on her behind. And don't forget to sneak up after dark first episode of the month now accessible for people who are pledging $2 a month. That will be this episode that will be released for those who pledge $2 or higher
1: i just want to explain quickly i wrote making it for listeners i wrote making a com instead of dot com to see if i could get andrew to just no,
0: elisa, <laughs> you didn't trick me out i i was very well aware that it was there no. yeah that was a oh, joke bullshit. i live in hollywood i'm an actor i can pull this <laughs> shit off all right thank you everybody for listening here now is fame by david bowie i'm andrew
1: i'm elisa i'm laura
0: And I'm Matt. We'll see everybody next week for episode two of season two. Goodbye.
2: Bye.